filled with teaching, truths and issues that matter. Bernie Diamond's A Different Perspective, part of Night Vision each weeknight. Details at vision.org.au. 2020, bringing a biblical perspective on life, culture and current events. Weekdays on UCB's Vision Radio Network. Find out more at vision.org.au. Hi, it's Neil Johnson and welcome to this 2020 podcast featuring a chat about marriage with Warwick Marsh. Remember, you can hear 2020 each weekday on the Vision Radio Network from 10am Australian Eastern Standard Time. Well, this week is Marriage Week and a great opportunity to celebrate Christian marriage and look at what value that has in wider society, but also to explore some of the challenges. To kick off our focus on marriage this week, it's been a pleasure to be able to chat to Warwick Marsh. Warwick's part of the National Marriage Coalition. He's also the founder of Dads for Kids, the Fatherhood Foundation. Warwick, great to have you back on 2020. Look, it's great to be talking to you again, Neil. Warwick, it's marriage week and, you know, I don't want to get caught up in the idea of uh, the defence of marriage always being aimed at talking about uh, same-sex marriage and the battle that's going on for uh, the definition of marriage in Australia. What I'm hoping we can talk about today are the good things about marriage that every man and woman who might be listening into our conversation will walk away and say, you know what? Isn't it good to be married uh, in a context which is Christian? Warwick, how important is it for people around the nation this week to be celebrating their marriage? Well, look, you know, marriage is the foundation stone of society. And uh, those words uh, actually come, uh, a quote from a Muslim speaker who spoke at the first uh, uh, National Marriage Forum in 2004 when we were indeed rallying around the defense of marriage. Because, you see, marriage is something that's common to all religions, all people. It's something that's inbuilt into our DNA because everyone realizes it's marriage is between a man and a woman. Everyone understands that there is a complementarity between the human bodies of a male and a female. And, of course, there's the whole attraction, um, physical attraction, uh, this wonderful mystery of love. And, of course, the mystery of the two becoming one, um, which is fully appreciated, and I'll use that word fully, within the understanding of the Scriptures, the Holy Bible, the Word of God. And, of course, that Bible is the source of our Christian expectation of what marriage and family is all about, too. Well, it is, and it's provided the foundation, and the very foundation of it literally is found in Genesis, where, um, you know, God made man but he this is god's comment it was not good for man to be alone it's a very unusual comment for god after making man then he actually says there's something wrong well i believe it wasn't something wrong he was from the start realizing that he had to make man and woman and in fact in one of the scriptures it's quite fascinating in one of the scriptures in genesis it says that god made man man and woman he made man so i think to be fair uh man is actually, or mankind, shall we say, is best celebrated in the oneness of a man and a woman. And in fact, of course, that's the only way to produce mankind. But it, it is actually the sum total of mankind, and it's actually also the sum total of God, if I can uh, dare to say that on public radio without great 
further explanation. <laughs> Look, one man, one woman, and to take that definition further, in a lifelong and exclusive relationship, and that idea, uh, Warwick, not necessarily uh, common to the Jews, to Hindus, to Buddhists, or Islamic nations, which is taking in the lion's share of what other cultures and world religions might take in. This is a Christian idea that spread around the world, largely with the missionary movement back in the 19th century. Well, look, that's true. Um, I mean, it's a, it, we've got to be quite careful uh, and be honest in so much that the Islamic faith and the Jewish faith do have a very, very profound and deep understanding of marriage. Um, for, for the Jewish faith, uh, you know, marriage is, is actually a very deep part of it. And, and the truth be told, it's the same for Islamic faith. But what you find within the Christian faith, it's like what happens, marriage goes to another level. Because Paul, in Ephesians, says that this is, that marriage, talking about, and in fact, he's talking about the conjugal relationship, that is the act of making love. And uh, he talks about that this is the mystery of Christ and the church. And, you know, what we find in the scriptures, we find that the, the Bible begins with a marriage uh, celebration. Of course, it's, it's and, and the first, uh, um, if you like, uh, uh, performer of that rite was God himself when he said, you know, let, I now pronounce you man and wife, quite literally in the Garden of Eden. And we find that the, in the book of Revelation that, that indeed it's the marriage supper of the Lamb. And in, in fact, when Jesus Christ is actually, if you like, joined, for want of a better expression, is actually, that there's a celebration when the church comes together, the redeemed church, um, after the judgment, there's this beautiful celebration of, of, of Jesus Christ and the church. And I heard a great man once say, a great prophetic teacher, um, one say that the whole Bible can be separated, or I should say can be, uh, not separated, it's the wrong word, can be explained in the idea that God was looking for a bride for his son. And uh, you, you, if you look at the scriptures, you find that it's woven right through them. And of course, it happens in the book of Revelation when there is this beautiful celebration when the bride, which is a, which is the church of the living God, is presented to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Warwick, when it comes to practicalities and when you've got this relationship and uh, when you talk about this mystery and uh, this revelation that this is like God and the bride and uh, his son, uh, these things are very important and therefore if you get it right, if you've got marriage in a biblical context, there ought to be something that is real blessing from God that flows through a relationship that's right. Look, it's very good. Um, if I can, you've made a very good comment, Neil. But before I, you know, try to actually answer what you've just said, if I can make one comment, um, that I think as Christians we make two mistakes: we can either uh, over spiritualise marriage, or we can under spiritualise it. And I'm a great believer in, in keeping things practical, and I'm glad you're sort of drifting back that way because whilst marriage is a type of Christ in the church, it is also this incredibly difficult, incredibly arduous, incredibly challenging um, relationship. In fact, it's probably one of the most challenging things a man can do, especially for a man, I believe. I was at a um, drug rehabilitation centre, uh, 180TC, and with my family a few weeks ago. We were, we were doing a free concert for the guys there, and I challenged the fellows who were obviously giving up uh, different illegal drugs 
And I said, the hardest thing you're going to do is not give up drugs. It's actually going to, um, you know, put a ring on a woman's finger and say, I love you till death us do part and actually then go and give your life up for her. Because, of course, again, that is Christ and the church. So this is actually how a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church. And so, you know, it is a very, very spiritual thing, but it's also an incredibly practical thing. And, it, and usually it's the actual practical aspects of it that uh, are a stumbling block for us. And in fact, one out of two marriages fail in Australia today because people give up. But, you know, we can never give up on love because God doesn't give up on us. Warwick, stay with us because in just a few... Warwick, stay with us. In just a short while, I'd like to follow through with you, particularly on the male role within a marriage because you mentioned uh, that a man is called to love his wife just as Christ loved the church and laid down his life for her. We'll talk to you some more in just a short while. You're listening in to the 2020 podcast from the Vision Radio Network. Warwick Marsh is our guest on 2020. He's the founder of the Fatherhood Foundation, also a member of the National Marriage Coalition. So it's great to be able to chat to Warwick as we kick off National Marriage Week. In our last segment, Warwick, we we're talking about dads. We're talking about men uh, when it comes to marriage. Because sometimes it, it seems to me that everyone gets hung up on this idea that uh, there are wrong words to be used in the marriage vows, words like submit or obey when it comes to women. But I want to hear your reflection, Warwick, when it comes to the man's side of the vows, a very practical thing but very, very powerful. Well, look, again, it's an incredibly good question there. And, of course, uh, we do marriage boot camps uh, on on, on a thing called love and respect, which of course is, comes out of Ephesians, um, where it says in the scripture that a man should love his wife as Christ loved the church, and that the woman should respect her husband, slash obey her husband. And those words seem to be quite interchangeable. And of course, with the rise of the, the, the women's movement, which of course was in many ways a... Um, you know, there's the, the, for every action, there's equal opposite reaction. And unfortunately, men have oppressed women. There's no doubt about that. Men have definitely oppressed women in the past. And, you know, there's a natural reaction to that oppression. And, of course, you, you, you get this uh, upswell in society. But, of course, oftentimes in these situ situations, the baby's thrown out with the bathwater. Men actually need respect. There's something about men and a male that actually needs respect from a woman. And, in fact, um, you know, the reality is that if a man doesn't get respect, it's like someone stepped in his air hose and he's just getting cut off. Now, uh, the other side of the coin, of course, is a woman desperately needs love. A woman desperately needs to be loved. What is the hardest thing for a man to do? Well, it's found, of course, in Ephesians, in Paul's command to a man, that a man must love his wife as Christ loved the church. Now, that command is not given to a woman. My own theory about this, and it's a theory, and you'll have to accept it as that, um, and I'm open to discussion, but my theory on that is that a woman actually understands sacrificial love. And I think to be a mother is to sacrifice. And I think that sacrifice, too, comes from having children. There's a great deal of pain. There's also a fair bit of blood, and there's a fair bit of discomfort that comes. And that discomfort doesn't come to a man. Uh, it can come later when the child keeps him awake all night, perhaps, or whatever you want to say. But the bottom line is that, uh, you know, my own feeling is a man actually has to learn love and a woman has to actually learn to give respect to a man because it's very, very hard to respect the people you know. The people 
the people that you know the best, it's harder to respect because they, they, you know their failures. So my wife knows all my failures, and I've got many, but please don't tell anybody. Um, but the bottom line is um, she knows them, and, of course, she has to, have to, has to look past those weaknesses. My inability, sometimes I forget to take the trash out, or I should say the garbage, that's an, that's an Americanism. And, uh, you know, I have to learn to um, make sure I pick up my socks and the dirty clothes and put them in the clothes basket. Thank God I've finally achieved that, achieved that after 37 years of marriage. But, you know, there's a lot of things that I've got to learn and I've got to grow in. And even yesterday the other night, I, I, my wife uh, had an accident in the fridge and the milk had spilt. And uh, this was just last night. And she was quite upset with me because I didn't help her. But my, in my mind, I was thinking, well, she can do that and I'll do this. But my wife really needed my love at that time. So love and respect is a very powerful thought. And I'd put to you that, uh, that, that men and women are different and they, they, they respond in different ways to the need for love. And using the terminologies like obey and submit sometimes get in the way of that appreciation, that understanding of the difference inequality that there is uh, when it comes to the uh, practical relationship, understanding that the essential or the metaphysical equality between a man and a woman is absolutely that one is equal to the other. And as you say, that has been the thing that has empowered women. The, the Bible actually teaches equality. And the Bible actually, Paul t- talks that there's neither male nor female, Jew nor Greek. So in, in, in God's eyes, a man and woman are perfectly equal. Our problem here on this planet is that we have, in, in, in pushing equality for men and women, which is legitimate, what we've failed to understand is that men and women are incredibly different. And so therefore, if they're different, they have to be, we have to make allowances for those differences, both in men, both in women, and not suppress the difference or force men to be women or force women to be men, but allow men to be men and women to be women. Now, it sounds incredibly obvious. It sounds bleeding obvious as I make this comment right now on this uh, radio station. But the reality is in our society, we have, have, a, have had a movement which is trying to androgenize men and women and make men into women and, of course, women into men. And the reality is that men and women are different. And this is the glorious mystery of Christ and the church. This is the glorious mystery of marriage. So back to your next question. Well, I was going to say, and there's so much more to talk about, we'll need to get together on another day and continue continue our conversation but this is national marriage week and it is a good thing is it not uh, to set aside some of those differences and appreciate uh, the christian foundation of marriage and uh, appreciate what it has actually brought to our society today that uh, that there is this equality between men and women and that women are empowered in a society that is founded on these christian values of marriage well, yeah, you know, the, the, the greatest liberator um, of, of women actually in history has been Jesus Christ. And right through the Gospels, Jesus actually, um, you know, spoke to women and he was actually friends with women. And that was in a, in a time when it was not cool for a man to be, to talk to women too much, especially if those women weren't his wife or that woman wasn't his wife. I mean, the classic story of the woman at the well uh, in John and, uh, you know, in those days, it wasn't appropriate for a man, to, a single man, to talk to a, a single woman, and especially a, Samari- a Samaritan woman who was, a, shall we say, a woman of, um, shall we say, loose morals. And, uh, you know, so the whole story of that was that reaching out in grace, and Jesus consistently did this with women. And so Jesus is the greatest single liberator of women in the world 
bar none. And that's something to appreciate in National Marriage Week. And Warwick, I'll point people to the website www.fatherhood.org.au and there's another website too, given that it is National Marriage Week, www.marriage.org.au and there may be some listeners who can follow through uh, some of the details and uh, get some more information about what it is to participate in a marriage that is founded by God. Warwick Marsh from Dads for Kids, the Fatherhood Foundation. Thanks for being with us today on 2020. It's awesome to be with you. Like what you've just heard? There's more great podcasts. Or you can listen to us live at vision.org.au. And remember, Vision is listener supported. Your donation of any amount will help us continue connecting faith to life. Learn more or donate today at vision.org.au.